0: And yeah so yes. okay hi guys welcome back to skincare anarchy this is Ecta, one of your hosts and today I have an awesome guest I'm so lucky she had time to do this um Dr. Natalia Spearings she's uh what I consider to be one of the best dermatologists I found on Instagram and i uh, spoken to but I'm gonna let her tell you guys like her background and Natalia, you know Dr. Spearings like just who you are what you do you know
1: Okay, yeah. so you can obviously edit this if it's too yeah, long. Yeah, um yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, my name is Natalia Spearings. Um and um Dr. Spearings is my dad. So whenever someone calls me Dr. Spearings, I'm always like, who? Where? Yeah. But um anyway, so uh, I always associate that. So I'm a dermatologist. Um in I live in London um and I trained in England, so though I sound like I should be from your country, Ecta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did live in Boston. Yeah, I lived on the East Coast for 13 years when I was a child. So oh, that's okay. where that explains yeah, it. That's yeah, that I explains it. Yeah. yeah, I was
0: wondering when I first. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like when you first spoke to me, one. I was like,
1: she sounds American.
0: Why does she sound American?
1: Exactly, yeah. she sounds American. So, and that I've lived in England for 20 years, yeah. um, and I still sound very, very um, East Coast. Yeah. So. My parents still live in Boston, um, so I do go to the States a couple times a year. I have a green card, so I am kind of... Oh, I shouldn't say that. Delete that. Um, <laughs> so I do, I do go to the States a couple times a year, and uh, but I have lived here most of my life. I'm originally from Holland, and that's where Ooh, okay. I lived when I was younger, and then after I left the States, I went back to Holland, but then I came to... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I came to London for medical school. And I just stayed because you know, when you become a doctor in a country, it's easier to yeah. stay in that country.
0: Yeah, it's, you're trained you, there, you know, you're trained there. And... Yeah, you
1: train there, you just stay in the country. So it wasn't like a conscious choice. I just had gone to a kind of a British school in Holland. Mm-hmm. And they said to me, um, oh, why don't you apply to the UK? And I was like, okay. And I'd never been to London before I came for my first medical school interviews. I just, I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So it was all a bit um, crazy, but so sometimes I just make decisions without you know really having a load of thought behind them this is when I was younger I don't really do that now um, but I do I <laughs> do so, yeah well I try not to but so yeah. maybe in my personal life I do so anyways, I basically moved to London for medical school and I just I've stayed here ever since then okay. so I did all my medical training in London then I did all my um we spent a lot more years being interns here than you guys do yeah like four intern years before i became a resident okay and then i did four we do four years of residency for dermatology here um and then after residency i did um a post like um post residency i guess like a fellowship it. you went I, mean, I did a fellowship okay. in micro Mohs micrographic surgery which is skin cancer surgery for the head and neck oh
0: wow that's very like, impressive okay, so, like, that's, that's awesome yeah it was
1: cool it was cool so <clears throat> and so basically i did that and um Sorry, it's like my throat. Um, So then after that, I basically started working as a consultant. So we call them, we call ourselves consultants.
0: Yes. Please clarify that because I don't think most people uh, understand that term, (laughs) you know? So.
1: Yeah, this is confusing. So in the UK, we're consultants. That's the same as a board certified dermatologist in the US. Okay. And what you guys would call an attending.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I'm an attending, which is the same as a consultant. Mm -hmm. And the same as a board-certified um, dermatologist. So that's the term. So in England, anyone who's a board-certified dermatologist will call themselves or refer to themselves as a consultant dermatologist. We will never refer to ourselves as cosmetic dermatologists, dermatology yeah. doctors, skin doctors. It's always going to be consultant because yeah. that is like the official title. That is your like distinction. Board. That really is your distinction. So exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, there's my story.
0: That's awesome. Like that's so important to understand too, because you're so. I mean, I, I, you're, you know, it shows how you know progressed you are in your field. So it's really good to have someone like you and get your real opinion about things because right now i think everyone's a dermatologist (laughs) i see so many dermatologists on instagram and i'm like
1: everyone's a dermatologist because it's not a protected title so that's why putting board certified in front of it or consultant is really important um in terms of like what my day job is like i'm not an instagrammer like that's not my day job like just like you this is this is like an extra thing you do as like aside from your day job so my day job is very very clinical. I do. Six clinical days a week, so I'd see patients almost every day. Wow, basically. that's a, yeah, that's basically.
0: intense. That's a really hard it's thing. intense, yeah.
1: And I've been working like that since I became a consultant, like 2016. So I'm a more than full time clinical doctor. Wow. Um, so and I do spend a lot of time reading and doing research and things like that, but a lot of what I talk about comes from actual physical clinical experience. So, like yeah. last year, I saw over 6,000 patients, yeah. that's insane
0: that's so that's (laughs) insane
1: that's insane you're crazy you're crazy I just want to take a second I'm crazy but you know as well as I know that in in the realm of surgery or in medicine to be really um kind of to be top of your game it's about experience and you know the the more experience you have the more patients you get your hands on on a daily basis when it's like all the time that makes you awesome. I'm not saying I'm awesome, no, but I'm trying to be awesome. But yeah, you're training, it's a trade at the end of the day,
0: sometimes, it's, right? It's like you know, yeah, so you have to get <clears throat> good at your trade. So yeah, you're absolutely
1: right. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's that whole like 10,000 hours to be like awesome at something. Yes, I, remember I wrote that book. I mean, I think it's more than 10,000 hours, but so yeah. when I so when I talk about like you know, my clinical experience, I'm not talking about like once a week I see a couple patients, this is like Massive Every day, of yeah, you're like hammer. Yeah, yeah, and I think people forget that when they look at my Instagram post or they, you know, criticize something I say or kind of question something. I'm like, you do realize that this comes from like a good couple of years of seeing thousands of people with the yeah. same problem over and over again. Yeah, um, and the, I don't just make stuff up. Like, it comes well, from somewhere. It's so it's so
0: amazing to see someone with your enthusiasm and passion for this because i don't think people understand that like this is like you know like i think science is like consuming you know i think i always thought i always felt like people never understood how consuming it can be so like your schedule and you're going through it it's like you're just you're driven to do this you know what i mean so i love seeing that because a lot of the dermatologists that i was telling you about earlier, like i don't see that with them you know what I mean? They're not out there and really using their knowledge. And so I, I just love that you're doing that. Um, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I like it too, yeah. but it is an obsession. It's like a proper, this is a proper obsession. I I think you probably have that in your job too. I mean, it's a proper obsession. Um, And because you, you need to be a, like, there's no balance here. Like you need to be obsessed about something to, to really be able to understand it and be good at it. And I'm, Again, I'm not saying that I'm awesome or whatever. I'm just, I'm trying to be there. Yeah. Yeah, I know that the only road to get me to awesome is by just putting the time in and putting the work in. And that's basically immersing yourself.
0: I mean, you brought up the research and how you're always up to date with research. I think that is such a key. Personally, I think I don't know why people don't do that more. I mean, you know, especially doctors. So I love that you said that because it's like you don't you're always upping your training and that's so important,
1: I think. Right. So. Oh my God, totally. And it's part of our, it's part of what we sign up for yeah. as like doctors. We have to stay updated. I mean, I don't, what's interesting about this though, is that like, I don't know about the latest like cosmetic skincare line that shows up you know yeah. in in some shop somewhere i i because that is not the kind of research i'm talking about i don't go to like you know cvs or walgreens or whatever it is and look at the skincare every yeah. day that's not what i do exactly. so I'm, I'm talking about actual like
0: real research peer-reviewed journal real,
1: articles <laughs> yeah real journal articles because that people are always like oh have you not heard of you know skincare brand x i'm like uh yeah, no, no I haven't. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> i'm too busy actually learning something that's important so
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sorry no, I mean, anyway. no, seriously, though, I mean, that's <laughs> so good that you're saying, because here's the thing, the idea here, in my opinion, I think, is to bring the science back to skin skin health, yeah. right? I mean, exactly. that's what bothers me the most, is, like, I, I just look at people, and I and I wonder, like, why don't you want to know the science, you know? So yeah or why don't you question what you've been told because if it
1: sounds dodgy it probably is yeah
0: and it's like also like you're but here's my the the science it's like you're utilizing something scientific so why don't you want to give it the credit of being science and then look into it and you know what i mean that just it's so weird to me so yeah
1: totally yeah but anyway
0: so about okay i'm gonna get to the question um that we got from our uh one of our listeners and I'm so excited to ask you this because I actually had heard you on one of your lives on Instagram briefly touch on this. So when she asked about ceramides, this brought me back to that point that you made, or you were, I think you were starting to hint that you had read something about ceramides and their um just how they work and how, how they're produced in the skin. So her question really was just what are ceramides and how do they work? Can we, are we like affecting them at all? Like their production and, you know, just really wondering yeah
1: yeah so this is like a super complicated area of dermatology that's not or of kind of um skin physiology that's not very well understood at the moment anyway but it's something that's been um looked into by a very small little group of people purely almost completely from a financial perspective because creating a new product that has ceramides in it for example, um, is a multi-billion, literally yeah. billion-dollar industry. So the the knowledge we have about ceramides comes from this group of people. You know, whether or not that's good or bad, I'm not really going to judge that, but that's where it's come from. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which immediately kind of, you think, okay, well, right. Um, let, let's let look at that then. So um, I have no doubt that the people who have done the research into ceramides are like truly they they care yeah. about skin it's not just a financial motive because no doc- i don't think any doctor is is 100 percent like that so yeah there's in, always some ethics
0: involved like
1: you know. yeah, yeah it comes from a good place of like we want to learn we want science and so on right. so um the, the basic idea here is that what ceramides are ceramides are a constituent of the lipid matrix that exists between the keratinocytes in the upper levels of the epidermis so the top layer of the skin you have your flattened keratinocytes, which are your flattened um, skin cells, which people call their, your dead skin cells, though they're not dead. Yeah. Um, and that this, the, the stratum corneum, or the very top of your skin, is 20 to 30 cells deep. So it's not super thick. And then in between those flattened cells is your lipid layer or your lipid matrix. And the combination of the two things, so you have the keratinocytes, the cells, in this lipid layer that creates your skin barrier yeah and that that is your skin barrier um so as a very fundamental concept that's amazing that's no
0: that's amazing No, yeah. i mean it's just 20 to 30 layers thick i didn't know that
1: yeah the cells there's not it's not thick and of course it depends a little bit where you are in your body so like yeah. on your arms um your skin your epidermis can be slightly thicker on the face or sorry your stratum corneum is going to be slightly thicker on your face is going to be thinner mm-hmm. but that's kind of if you think about the purpose of why it's there um, as a barrier, you're more likely to get something on your arm, for example, say, than on your face, perhaps. So, you know, this is just, I'm just making stuff up about (laughs) why we're evolutionarily made to be a certain way. But so let's say it's 20, 20, 30 um, of these pancake-flat cells and then they're sitting in this lipid layer so you can kind of pick apart what's going on here so the cells the keratinocytes are their own little world Mm -hmm. and then the lipid layer is its own little world and they're interconnected but we're going to look at them separately in the case of ceramides so this lipid layer is composed of cholesterol ceramides and fatty acids in a very specific ratio so there's like 50 percent cholesterol Fifteen percent fatty acids and like twenty percent um, uh, or twenty five percent ceramides, mm. roughly. Yeah. So ceramides are, um, or sorry, ceramides are the fifty percent component. Sorry, did not, yeah. did not think about. that um, So your your lipid layer, which is the kind of fundamental aspect of this barrier,
0: yeah.
1: is composed primarily of. Because it's 50 percent ceramides yeah right
0: yeah
1: now these ceramides are a type of fat if you will like a cholesterol fatty acid type of fat right. with a specific structure and there's lots of different types of ceramides so there's like at least nine ceramide varieties have been identified wow. in the lipid yeah so there's there's like loads so there's lots of ceramides and what research has found is that for example as you age some of the components of the lipid layer become less. Like for example, you get you have less cholesterol in your lipid layer yeah. as you get older, which potentially accounts for why you get drier skin as you get older. We're talking like 70, 80, like old yeah. older. Yeah. Like really Not aged. 30, yeah. Yeah,
0: aged. Yeah, aged.
1: Aged yeah. skin. Because aged skin is completely different from young skin in so many ways that it's just incredible. Um, you no know, like giant then, topic on its own. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like truly, I mean, that is full. a giant topic.
1: And you know, I can say that, like, because what I find totally fascinating about my day job is that I do tons of skin surgery in my day job. Yeah, this is as a side, like tons and tons. And I cut into facial skin all day long, like all day. Oh, you do the fun like stuff day. all day. Yeah, so I get to do, Yeah, so I get to do that fun stuff. So yeah. when I what always strikes me is so interesting is when I have a patient who's like twenty and I have to remove something from their face. Yeah. And then I have a patient who's 95, Yeah. literally, like the elasticity, within an hour. Right? Is it the elasticity? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's not even, it's just, it's like every texture, the way yeah. the knife, this sounds really horrible, the way the blade goes through the skin, the yeah. drag on the blade mm-hmm. and the way that the sutures go through the skin. I mean, yeah. every single aspect of when you operate on a skin that's 95 versus 20, it's just like dealing with like, I don't know, different species.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It, I know. What you yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, you probably have that because I mean, when you like, I don't know what kind of surgery you do, but when you do, you know, there's a huge difference between like a 15 year old and like a 90. It's everything. Old.
0: All the whole physics of it changes. It's it's everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah.
1: It's it's just. It, I, I have to use different sutures. I have to use different you know closure techniques. Everything yeah. changes, and it's like this is an example of, you know, this is how skin changes as you age, which is just fascinating. But anyway, right. moving on. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. With the ceramides, getting back, I uh, digress. With the ceramides, um, one thing also that's come to light is that in people with eczema, yeah. Okay. They're I have... want you
0: to I want you to, oh. to tell
1: everybody like, well,
0: tell us what is eczema your, if you were to do oh, it. Right, sorry.
1: So eczema is um or dermatitis, which is also used interchangeably, is um inflammation of the skin due to disruption of the skin barrier, mm-hmm. which leads to itchy red and sore dry skin. Okay. That's basically the underlying kind of definition. And then you can get into all the different causes and all the other issues. But that's basically what eczema is. So it's dry, itchy skin. So dry skin on its own is not eczema. It becomes eczematous Mm. when it becomes inflamed red itchy. So when you start to scratch your dry skin and it starts to feel itchy and then you start to break it to pieces and then you see you know, the, the flaking and the tears, that's when you start getting kind of- God,
0: That's got to be terrifying to like go- t- like I'm just imagining yeah. it as you're
1: describing. It. I'm like, oh- Bad man. eczema is kind of um, a massive life changer. So, mm-hmm. but it's totally manageable and treatable. Yeah. So um, when I see kids, like, um, I see teenagers like in the supermarket, it sounds so random, but like there's a checkout kid at a supermarket a few weeks ago, he had the worst eczema of his face oh, on his face. And I, and I, I was like- I went up to him, and I was like, you know what, I'm so sorry, I'm a, I'm a dermatologist, I can help you. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, what? I'm like, you have the worst eczema ever, like, you shouldn't even be working right now, you shouldn't even be at home managing this. That's, um, yeah,
0: see, I'm so glad you did that. Because
1: parents yeah, don't he, know, he, I feel he, like the parents, they didn't know then, they must have not known, right? Well, I don't know, I don't know if they, I just don't know, They might, a lot of um, people don't think you can fix it, because like, oh, it's just a skin yeah. problem.
0: They don't have any, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm so don't glad you did anyway. that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I'm that kid now. Um. So, but anyway, so with eczema, we know that, or we think that there's a decrease in ceramides okay. in the lipid layer of people with eczema, which may or may not be part of why they get it okay, or have that problem. So these research is ongoing into eczema because we don't fully understand why certain people get bad eczema, especially children and why others do not. So there's, This idea that the ceramides within the um, uh, epidermis are lacking within certain corneum, which therefore means that the lipid layer doesn't form correctly, which therefore leads to problems with skin barrier formation and function. And then you have breakdown of the skin barrier, which then allows water to leave the skin, which then dehydrates the skin. And then it allows, you know, gets irritants to go into the skin. Then you scratch and then you, you know, there you go. Yeah. So, so
0: th- that's uh, that's really like so ceramides really are integral to the structure of skin. I mean, correct, yes. absolutely. But they're only absolutely. one. It's only one factor that you know. It that's one thing. It's there's multiple exactly. things. So
1: exactly, exactly. It's one of many components of the skin barrier that many of which we don't really understand. I think
0: for me, like, you know, just to kind of interject, I think it's so confusing to me how skincare companies are marketing these individual components of what works in a very biochemically complex way. I've never understood where that comes from and why it's propagated because it's like anyone, I feel like who's had even general chemistry, we all understand. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like chemistry, you need everything working together. So, how does that work? Like, in your opinion, like, what do you think is happening with these products that are, like, just ceramides? Like, here you go. Here's a bunch of ceramides or it's, you know, whatever. I don't know how they formulate it, but.
1: Uh. Oh, I have no idea how they formulate it either. Yeah. I, I don't think it's super complicated. Uh, I, I mean, it's, as in it's complicated, but it's not very scientifically complicated, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Because they, they just kind of make things up. Um, I, you know, um, like, these are, like, buzzwords. And so they're, yeah. like, trendy you know, like hyaluronic acid. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't get me started. Um, but I mean, hyaluronic acid is the same. I mean, hyaluronic acid is is part of your dermis. The idea that you can apply it topically and it would do anything at all to your skin is just lunacy. It's completely crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So,
0: yeah.
1: you know, and that's massively trendy. So ceramides are also part of this trendy thing. You know, I don't think your just want to make money. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, I, I associate a lot with like, like I relate it to like nutritional stuff. Yeah um you know these buds you know people write like oh um i don't know has uh antioxidants in it oh yeah place. yeah
0: yeah. like those little like it's almost like an opinion piece like people yeah. write <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah like i mean and, but it's used to, it's just a marketing tool and it's used to sell stuff yeah. You know, I don't. I just, just like with food, um, you know, everyone writes preservative free on all their foods because then people buy it more. Well, I mean, I um, think that's so
0: important, though, right? Because I, it's cool that you're actually looking at the skincare industry as really just an industry. That's so important. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I try to kind of get that message across in my Instagram and stuff, which gets me in loads of trouble because basically what I'm saying is that it's all just marketing BS and um, it's all marketing and all these products are just marketing crap. Um, And that gets me in in loads of trouble because a lot of people make their living off of this. Yes. You know, they make money. I've heard that too. Yeah. I've heard that people are making a lot of money. (laughs) People make a lot of money by, um, you know, being on YouTube and being like, let me review this cleanser. I'm going to tell you why this cleanser is better than this cleanser. You know, people make a living off of this, and what I'm saying is that who gives a crap? Just use any cleanser because they're all bloody the same. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what's what, what I'm so saying. important because uh, yeah, and people are making a lot of money too. These are this is the new term, skinfluencer. You know what I mean? I, okay. I've heard, I've seen yeah. that
1: everywhere. Skinfluencer.
0: I don't understand yeah, neither, what that is.
1: <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, and so it was funny because someone actually made a comment on my Instagram saying, "You know, you're a doctor, you're not an influencer." I'm like, correct, right? As if that was you're getting the better the better option here yeah i'm like (laughs) i don't i don't want to be you are being benefited
0: in this situation yeah it's so (laughs) like
1: what that's a crazy (laughs) crazy observation i was like thanks for the compliment um oh my god but no so i mean that's the thing is the minute i say something like that like for example i've recently gotten um in trouble on instagram for saying that all moisturizer brands are the same yeah Yeah. again and oh my god the backlash (laughs) was huge And and i was just like well i mean someone tell me how they're not the same yeah
0: you know, it's the so... experience though Dr. Spearings. natalia i'm yeah. sorry natalia I don't want you to think. Um, no but like seriously it's the it's the experience that's what's go- that's the buzzword i mean i use the buzzword i use that word you know what i mean like people are literally saying it's the experience of rubbing this on my face that makes me feel like i've done something you know
1: yeah and that's fine and i don't mind yeah. but then don't pretend that you're um 80 80- dollar moisturizer that's giving you that experience is any better than the one that costs two dollars yeah because it's not because the product itself is no different i just think it's it's so i
0: think you okay honestly i think you're getting a lot of backlash and i think i've been trying to do it too because i really believe you about the vaseline thing i think when you say vaseline to people they don't like that it's like two dollars I really, that's like my personal theory. <laughs> Could
1: I just yeah, yeah, no one likes it that it's $2 because yeah. it's like, yes, but I've spent hundreds of dollars on my skincare. You can't tell me that this is going to be just as good. Yeah. I'm like, well, actually it is. Cause it, your, your $200 moisturizer <laughs> is basically made of Vaseline. So. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Yeah. But no, like getting back to right, those ceramides, like, okay. So basically ceramides are, they're there. They're a huge part of our skin um, yes. and there's a lot of them. So yeah continue what you think is yes so
1: so right so the then the idea came that okay so if we have people with bad eczema Mm -hmm. and they have a ceramide deficiency can we put ceramides onto their skin right Right. and therefore correct that and help their eczema get better more quickly without the use of for example steroids Right. right so can we correct the underlying pathophysiological problem one of which is a lack of this specific ceramide. Right. okay which is a very noble concept yeah and I, yes great we're going to look for um, causation and we're going to look for treating the actual underlying problem and not the symptom because that's what we do with steroids often yeah we do with symptoms. so i that's very noble and i think it's great however that concept has been taken away from that very niche area and now planted into cosmetic skincare in general. Mm. And the message now is everyone needs to use ceramides because ceramides are good for your skin. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a problem because that's not true. Yeah. Okay. So if you have normal skin and that means you don't have eczematous or eczema Mm. using a, a ceramide based moisturizer is probably or It potentially is not harmful, but it's definitely not going to be anything different than a normal moisturizer.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, in the sense that can it be harmful? Yes, it can. Because now we have further studies showing that if you then put the wrong ratio of ceramides on a skin, with another problem yeah. okay yeah. then you're going to shut off your own body's production of their own its own natural ceramides are you are going to kind of disorganize it if that makes yeah. sense because you yeah because yeah, your body makes ceramides in order to um you know make this lipid layer so and obviously these eczema patients have a problem where they don't make a certain ceramide which is part of the problem. So if you have a natural, your your skin is, if you have normal skin and your skin is functioning very well and it's doing what it needs to do, potentially if you load on, say, ceramide number three in your moisturizer, you are then causing, your, you're putting a lot of ceramide three on, which means that your skin's not going to form its lipid layer properly because you're going to have an unbalanced yeah. ceramide ratio. Yeah.
0: Does
1: that make yeah, sense? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Negative feedback, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, ne- exactly. Negative feedback. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you you may cause more problems. Now that's not been 100% validated in the literature because no one's really started no one's really properly well, it's, it's a budding into- field. I think I feel
0: like yeah. most of derma, like the dermatology papers I usually find, I, f- I feel like that, do you feel like that about your profession, like your sector? Like it's just a budding field because yeah, totally. there's like really yeah. no, I, I've never found like really concrete stuff that's like, you know like no, and yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. And all the all the sample sizes are always really small. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything's always like a really small study. But the and they all come from like very specific centers in like Korea. Right. Or, like, there's a lot of stuff coming out of like um, Korea. The Koreans, for for instance, um, Korea. But the um the thing is, cor- the 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 study of the uh, the cornea So um, that's a field like corneobiology. Yeah. That's basically only been accepted as kind of its own area since like around 2010
0: yeah that's so yeah.
1: that and you know we're in medicine it's like 10 to 20 years behind you know yeah. what happens in real life in research so this is all a very new area but of course the skincare industry has kind of pounced on this word ceramides and it's like okay yeah let's pump this into everything because you can even buy I think it's from I don't know Clarins or something they sell a little tub of capsules mm. and it the capsule is just, a, apparently it's pure ceramide. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I saw, I saw that what? and I was like, oh, right. That makes loads of sense. I'm pretty, I don't want to slag off one company, but I think it was Clarence who did that. Um, and they had, so a lot of companies sell these like ceramide capsules. Yeah. And, you know, ceramides. And just coming off of this idea, um, to be that, okay. So there was a cream made by these people who did this research in eczema. Yeah. Um, and the cream is called Epicarum or Epicerum, like Epi EPI yeah. and then CAM. Yeah, and it, it was licensed by the FDA as a medical device, right? Oh, wow. So it's only available on prescription. Now, I think 100 mils of it, like a very small, like three and a half ounces of it, is like $250. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really expensive. It's on prescription only. Pretty much, it's unattainable. So, <laughs> like, it's unattainable. Yeah. yeah. And they did some, in order to get FDA approval, they did a number of studies to show that when children with eczema used um, Epicarum or whatever versus placebo, they had an improvement of their eczema without needing to use steroids. Now, we do know that eczema will generally improve if you use a moisturizer, just across the board. Um, And I don't, I can't recall what the placebo was, whether it was nothing. I think it was nothing because you can't, you can't use another moisturizer because that wouldn't make much sense um in terms of an FDA approval study. So but basically so that was how it got licensed. Now this cream was super expensive and then a company like um like Cerave yeah. then decided to make a similar cream which is what Cerave is hence the name you know Sarah. Cera, oh CeraVe. yeah yeah. I just put that Yeah, CeraVe. <laughs> Yeah, so their entire yeah, no there you go. Their entire range of cream is based on the concept of this physiological kind of molar ratio of ceramides to yeah. cholesterol to fatty acids, and therefore Cera- Cerave yeah. is like the this product that is a competitor for this very expensive prescription product. Now, epicarum is um, patented, I think. That that um, exact like you know uh, yeah, like
0: the exact name, the exact yeah, the, the, the
1: composition of it, like the ingredients. Oh, the or formula, is, you mean? Okay, okay. The formula. Okay. Sorry, that's what I meant. The formula is patented. So CeraVe couldn't copy the same formula, Um, but they did something similar, whatever, uh, ceramides, something or other in there. And so that's the idea. Now, what's interesting is that, of course, when this started to happen, um, dermatologists in the United States were like, why are we going to prescribe this super expensive cream when probably using, you know, a Vaseline type cream that we already super cheap, that will probably do the same. So two people did studies and they did very interesting studies where they um, looked at the treatment of eczema and compared outcomes of Epicarum versus like a standard moisturizer. Interesting. And I think also the vehicle control, though, again, it's hard to vehicle control this. And both studies were pretty decently done and found that there was no difference in outcome.
0: Wow. So,
1: so and I presented those papers. at I was, I, was, I was asked to do a talk a few years ago for a bunch of um, primary care doctors about eczema and it was paid for by the company that owns CeraVe. Oh, wow. La Roche, uh, sorry, which is (laughs) L'Oreal. And I did this talk and I had asked them in advance. I was like, can I say anything I want? And they're like, yeah, yeah. This is like 2017. And I was like, all right, then no one checked my my presentation in advance. And um, I basically said, okay, this is how ceramides are meant to work. And everyone Oh, interesting, interesting. Well, you and then just talked I- everybody out of buying their product, it's Yeah,
0: yeah, And I was
1: like, but actually... Because they all got like CeraVe goodie bags at the end, you know, and samples yeah, of the Yeah, And at the end, I was like, actually, there's no two studies to show it makes no difference, so you can probably just prescribe what you're still prescribing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and needless to say, they've never invited me back. <laughs> well, I think you made your mark, though. <laughs> you made your mark. Yeah, but I don't do um, drug company-sponsored uh, talks anymore, so... I stopped doing a lot two years ago. Um, so I will not speak for industry ever. Basically, I love that. Uh, I love that. Yeah. But I think, and for skincare um, companies, L'Oreal's is not a pharmaceutical company, but I will not uh, speak for any, or be paid by um, any drug company. So I will always be paying for my own trips to conferences.
0: Oh my God. You are <laughs> such a breath of fresh air in the medical
1: field, oh, dude. Like you don't even I understand. I am surrounded by idiots and every- Oh my and the God. amount of samples they give us i mean because you can have like drug samples is one thing like to give you actual drug samples yeah. here they don't really do that but the amount of skincare samples like i mean we have literally closets full of it in the hospital C- closets oh full of Cerave and bioderma and lara Roche and andelios and qv and every sunsense and every brand we just closets full of it and i i have stopped about again about two or three years ago i stopped giving patients samples because i was like you know what <laughs> i don't want to it's not my job to sell these products yeah
0: it's not and you can't it's put not. your name behind something at all like it's like today uh-huh. like doctors are they get blamed for everything so like you can't put your name on something that it's in even hinting that you're you know what i mean promoting something because then we get the brunt of it basically yeah no so we have to deal with all totally.
1: that yeah and in, in england um you know, it's, it's also a problem here. And what I can't stand is when doctors promote, um, brands on social media, it really pisses me off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, cause I'm like, it's one thing for a skin influencer or like a beauty journalist mm-hmm. or a facialist to promote a brand. Cause they make money off that. That's fine. As doctors, we don't, this is not how we make money. We make money by seeing patients are doing our jobs. Yes, I agree. I don't make money selling skincare no i like, honestly no
0: you're you're so 100 on that and i you know what i I'm, i did i was doing that and i was like you know what this is time for me to, it's because of you when i talked to you i was like what is yeah like this is garbage man like what am i you know what i mean like it made me yeah, really no, think about skincare to be honest like i'm not even like like i feel like as a, as a scientist or you know in from a science perspective i never put in that much thought about like dude this is actual dermatology that they're like molesting and like you know what i mean like it's really bad <laughs> it's really bad so yeah it's really really so, bad so yeah
1: so ceramides yeah. um so the i guess the point of it is i guess the question that your listener had asked is should she or he even be bothered to buy a ceramide based yeah. product That basically the question yeah
0: that's the question yes
1: yeah and I would say, if you like it, go for it, but you don't don't worry about whether or not your cream has ceramide in it or not, because it really doesn't matter yeah so and I would probably say you know i mean it it doesn't to be honest, I think it, the risk of it being having a negative impact on skin is so low because most people don't have most the majority of people have normal skin, yeah. so um I would say the risk of it having a negative impact is so low you know it doesn't really matter if you like the CeraVe, or, sorry, ceramide-based, you know, moisturizer or whatever, just go for it, but it's not magic yeah. in any way.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, anyway. now I, I, I'm glad that you gave a simple answer to that, because I think that it's, it's just everywhere, and I loved that she had asked this question, and this was our first question, because it's so huge, <laughs> you know I mean? And I, a huge topic. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge topic, and I, like, I, I think you covered it so nicely, and I, I, I have no idea you know I get a lot of questions I'll I'll be honest you know on Instagram and I really don't know like how to answer them and I can't imagine like I'm sure you get like tons you know what I mean like just what do you tell people at one point so yeah hopefully this answers that person's question um but really my other I didn't really have any other questions I mean that was my main thing like for me too because ceramides to me I think are so interesting in terms of their signaling and what I've read so yeah know. I'm gonna
1: write a post I've been avoiding writing a post about ceramides because it is very confusing yeah. Um, and, you know you have a limited amount of characters to, to write something you know useful so it's something that I've kind of actively stayed away from writing about but I, I think I'll have to know so <laughs> if you were
0: know. if you were like to Okay, I. This is such a hard question to ask after everything you told us. But if you were to recommend anything for anything to do, like as a routine for your skin, like what do you think everyone should do just for normal skin health? Is there anything? I mean, you don't. If there's nothing, then that's fine too. But
1: you know, I mean, this sounds really crazy. But I think if you have normal skin um, and there's nothing wrong with your skin and you're quite happy with it, yeah. then doing nothing is fine.
0: Okay. Yeah like don't What's touch
1: it, it. <laughs> it's good Don't yeah touch don't it. touch it you know if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah. so yeah. you know if i mean i have i have, like my one of my best friends um she has like totally beautiful skin and she's her mother she always used she always tells her that her and her mother have only ever used nivea soft as a moisturizer forever oh wow like she's she's 35 and she's never used a serum, an acid, a retinoid or anything. Um, and she just, she's like, why? I just use Nivea Soft. Yeah. Like literally Nivea in the white. Wow. <laughs> like,
0: that's so cool. That's like, it reminds me of like the cold cream, like Pond's cold yeah, cream. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's like cold cream. Cause, and then, um, so this is my friend, Sobi. She's, she's an A&E con, uh, consultant. She's an A&E, um, board, what board certified um, emergency room doctor. Yeah. And she's just like, she doesn't understand. She doesn't understand my job at all she doesn't understand dermatology. She's like, I don't, why do people bother with just, I just use like Nivea. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, there's loads of people like her.
0: Yeah. It's like know? almost a ritual. I feel like, um, you know, it used to be right. Kind of ritualistic. Like your mom did it, your grandmother, like you do the same thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like at night you see your mom putting on her Nivea moisturizer from the blue right. container or whatever.
0: My mom used you know I mean? it on cold cream. So I, yeah. I, you know.
1: Yeah. I, I I have a tube of that. So, but like, or a, a bottle of, I think of it, but yeah, but you, you see your mom like applying stuff when you're young and it's kind of, you, the smell of it's quite classical. Like the, right. you know, the Nivea smell. It's like memories. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's memories, And it brings back like memories of like your, your mom putting on her face cream, you know, so that it's, and the thing is, um and that's pretty much like 40 years ago or maybe four years ago isn't long enough but m- we didn't have actives yeah. you know there were no serums mm-hmm. there's no 10-step korean skincare there were no sheet masks and eye creams and right. you know whatever it maybe not 40 years ago maybe 50 years ago and like women looked good yeah they aged very <laughs> gracefully you know yeah yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. before botox and before filler like and then on the flip side of it like I don't know what you watch on TV, but I watch a lot of um, The Real Housewives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I've, I've done Like it. a lot. Yeah. So I'm like a Real Housewives watcher now, right. especially since like lockdown when I had like not a lot else going on. So right. um, it's incredible to see their skin. So these women, um, so many, so some of them have lovely skin, but a good number of them have um, major skin problems. Oh, wow. And it's like, and because I, I, this is what I watch when I watch TV. What, like, what do you oh, mean by skin. major skin problems? Like actual, like, like, like- bad pigmentation, oh. Um, oh. bad uh, kind of cr- cr- roughness of the skin. One of them, housewives, this is from like 2017. She has really bad pigmentation. And because you see her without makeup on, I'm like, wowzers, wow. we can still so fix that. So even now with, um, you know, these women are super wealthy. They have access to everything. They still don't get it Right you know yeah
0: that's i mean you know money can't fix everything <laughs> you know yeah so you it's could, still you know it's it's, it's like true. yeah the science isn't there so it's not there we can't you know just do whatever so yeah so it's, it's such interesting actually yeah anyway, no, it is it is and I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because i was um asking my co-host for heen in the last podcast about this show i don't know if you've seen it on netflix i think you guys have a different netflix than us but like it's like a show by nurse jamie who was like a oh skin decision. yes and that um yeah. plastic surgeon and i was one, what do you surgeon. think
1: about that one what do you do you like it no, i haven't you know what i haven't watched it i can't bring myself to watch it you
0: need to watch it and let me know what you think because do i i love it i'm not gonna lie to you i love it i think it's so good because they've oh, got God. the plastic surgery side you know what i mean so i'm just curious what you're gonna think <laughs>
1: I like the pl- the plastic surgery has not a problem, but I'm worried about seeing what the nurse Jamie gets up to in terms of Yeah, skincare.
0: the cringing with I, all yeah. her lasers. <laughs> um Is that she is
1: she a laser nurse? Yeah. Is that what she does? Oh, okay. I know she has a skincare line, which you already put. Yeah, off. she has a
0: skincare line and she has those tools. Like she blew up because she has those like derma rollers and like those little it's basically a derma roller, but she just keeps making tools for skincare to like I don't know, I guess. I think the claim was the whole lymphatic drainage thing. That's what I understood from that.
1: Oh my god. I, you know what? Yes, I did a live on myself yesterday. I did one with Caroline uh on Saturday. And um I both times I had to talk about manual lymphatic drainage.
0: What did you well, can you let okay, let's can you do like a recap, a brief recap
1: of that? Because Yeah, 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 Because yeah, yeah. again, the question we I got was, um, is it a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> is it though? I'm, cur- I'm really how, curious. It is It is in medicine. So, manual, like, okay, so where this comes from is um, so I trained at St. George's Hospital in London, which is a lymphedema center. Okay. So, and lymphedema is swelling um, or excess lymph fluid in the tissue due to whatever underlying cause, whether it's a genetic problem with your lymphatics or you are morbidly obese and you have problems with your lymphatic drainage or you've had like surgery where you've had your lymph nodes removed, for example, from breast cancer surgery and so on. So then you get lymphatic problems, right? And lymph, as you know, but I'll just explain it. Lymph is is the fluid that's released into the tissue from blood flow. So it's all the waste products. And that fluid gathers in your subcutaneous tissue and then it goes, or in your tissues and it goes back up into your blood circulation and your lymph vessels, are the the transport mechanism for that fluid, Mm -hmm. for the lymph, right? So, as you know, and there are a whole network of them all over your body, and they're connected in some way to your vascular system, I think. Yeah. Not connected. It's It's a drainage into the vascular system. Like, it's... Yes. Yes. There you go. So, um, lymphedema is like um, edema, swelling, due to lymphatic, over having too much lymphatic fluid. Um, for whatever underlying reason and St. George's is one of the lymphedema centers um, in the country yeah. and because Prof. Mortimer um, is uh, Peter Mortimer is like the st- consultant dermatologist who's awesome and he's one of the, like the founding fathers of the treatment of lymphedema and he is now retired but he set up a center and I I trained with him and so wow. I know a lot about lymphedema. Basically. So it's like so it's, it's I really know. at
0: the center of it than this research then I like
1: yeah, 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 and he's he's one of the four, you know, leading specialists of lymphedema mm. research in the country, in the world or whatever. So well, I know a lot about lymphedema. Yeah. And I saw the patients, <laughs> yeah, with really severe lymphedema. Um, and basically what manual lymphatic drainage is, is literally is what it says it is. So it's manually kind of forcing the fluid into the cyst vascular system so it goes back, it leaves the tissue. Yeah. And it can be done through strenuous massage, it can be done through bandaging, it can be done through stationary cycling, it's in your legs. Um, So all of this stuff is manual lymphatic drainage, so forcing the lymph fluid out of the tissue and back into the circulation. That's what it is. There's conditions like something, there's a weird condition, weird or an unusual condition called Morbihan syndrome, where you get problems with your lymphatics in your face, Wow. right and you can get damaged lymphatics in the skin in the facial skin due to severe rosacea for example so there's very unusual conditions like that yeah and you know we, we've seen i've seen because i've worked in a center that you know was i was very fortunate yeah you to have really got there. to see the real cases yeah got to yeah. see all this weird stuff yeah yes. so that is we had a whole team of nurse specialists who were specialists the lymphedema nurses mm-hmm. and they're was manual lymphatic drainage right wow really actually yeah to like help people you know live, build, walk. yeah i mean because if you I could, if i showed you some pictures of stuff you'd be obviously horrified like you can get um over too much lymph fluid in your legs and you can't walk yeah because you're huge yep uh, just like breast cancer women with the arms it's very very sweet yeah arms. they get a
0: breast cancer like they those patients really get it, like, bad. So, it, it's, like, I can't imagine on the face. I'm sitting here imagining all this on the face, and I'm, like, oh, my it's God, the really skin must be so stretched. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty so, bad. Okay, so, so, does it, do they work, then? Because I know, like... No. Okay. So, the, so yeah, so the, the the reason I explained that was just to explain that manual lymphatic drainage is a thing, but not for a beautician. Yeah, Like, this is a medical thing. Yeah. Like, it's not, like... Uh, a thing you go to a spa for. And so all this nonsense where you use, like, jade rollers, all that crap on someone's face yeah. to, like, you know, oh, this is for your – it's manual lymphatic drainage. for No one has – you don't have collections of lymph fluid in
0: your face. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. important. Please elaborate on that because that's so – Yeah, so, I mean, people – you don't – you don't get – swelling in your face
1: unless there's something wrong with
0: you. Well, you know, you know the women that always say like, well my under my chin, I'm like I'm just swollen in this area. You know what I mean? So like That's facts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, this This is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it's not it's not why would it be if if you had lymph collection or edema of your chin, I'd be like, wow, there's something wrong with you. Like we need some get what's going on. You know, there's a medical concern here. And, like, same with people, like, bags in the eyes. I'm like, that's also generally not fluid unless you are retaining a lot of fluid because you've eaten, like, a super high salt diet. That that can happen. It's really unusual. But that can happen if you overdose on salt. The next day you'll wake up and you might feel, like, your under eyes are puffy. But that lasts for, like, 12 hours and it goes. It's like your, your lymphatic drainage will kick in. And... We'll do but it that's on normal. It, so. That's
0: physiological, and like that's physiological
1: because you've overdosed on salt. Your kidneys have had time to deal with it, so you're not you're you know you're basically retaining more fluid. Like if you feel bloated or kind of puffy after you've eaten a really high salt meal, like around your tummy or whatever, right. that's that's just that's physiological but mm-hmm. so that that is an aside but generally speaking like a normal face like you don't go to a spa to get a <laughs> patient please,
0: my... <laughs> please drain my face my
1: please drain my face if that's happening then you need to see a doctor like pronto
0: okay so, so okay so jade rollers and all that okay it's all crap oh, then totally it's crap.
1: like it's crap right <laughs> oh god yeah total crap like come on guys See, i like,
0: feel like i feel good. like honestly i love how much you know but i it's like it makes me question like why do we even still have skincare? care <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I know but it's like the jade rolling
1: thing i think it's hilarious yeah uh, well i'm just like people people are buying they're paying money for like a piece of stone on like a little wheelie thing. well you know they're claiming like, the stone
0: does something too Let's be yes, you know, like that's the craziest part. The stone, like it's conduction uh, or something. I don't know. Something like that.
1: that sounds highly evidence based. It's just yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: you know, like just I mean that's <laughs> what I you know, done. I read that in passing somewhere. So God knows what the story is at this point. But yeah. No. I mean I'm glad that okay, so jade rollers do nothing. You can use Vaseline. Everything, you know, Vaseline's all you need. Um exactly. you know, <laughs> Uh, is there anything else, like any skin care? Well, I don't even want to say that. No, not skin care. Any skin health thing or, I don't know, anything that you want would want to tell think, somebody that just came in?
1: Would, yeah, I mean, I would say that um, looking after your general health is very important, um, I guess. But I think more specifically, the number one thing that all of us can do to keep our skin looking good as we get older is just staying out of the sun. Yes. I mean, I know this, it's like the beating a dead horse saying this, but it's like, and I'm not saying wear sunscreen every day. Yeah. I'm saying actively avoid sun exposure, So, which is not the same.
0: So how do you, what do you, what do you do? Like, I'm just going to honestly, like, how do you actively avoid like avoid the wrong amount of sun exposure? You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. So I, I live in a country that doesn't have much sunshine. So for me, that's relatively straightforward. I, I'm not. OCD about this, like, it's mildly sunny today, it's about 18 degrees Celsius, yeah. um, I went to the gym this morning, I walked back, I did not wear a hat, it's partially cloudy, it's maybe a little bit sunny, I wore sunglasses, didn't wear sunscreen, walked for maybe 30 minutes outside, um, I didn't freak out, I'm good, I don't mind. Yeah. What I, what I mean is more like um, if you go on holiday, if you go on vacation, yeah. and you're going to be on a cruise ship, right. you know, that's where Wide brimmed hat, big sunglasses. You know, get that. Don't let your face sit outside in the sun. like you. roast. That is, yeah, don't roast. I mean, I would tell you your whole body, tell you not to roast your whole body, but people are going to get a tan or want a tan or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, would say, for we're, and we're going to talk about if we're talking about facial skin aesthetics only. So we're not talking about skin cancer. This is a whole new topic. Yeah. If we're just talking about keeping your skin looking good, right? Um, and this, this is for people of all races and all skin types actively avoiding sun exposure on your face neck and perhaps your hands is the best way to keep your skin looking good as you get older
0: so wear long sleeves then as much as you can
1: or gloves no, um, <laughs> yeah. no just, um i mean yeah with the body like yes i would still say if we're going to talk aesthetics only then, yeah, keeping your arms skin covered will keep your arms skin looking good. Because I have a lot of women who come to me in their 50s and even their 40s and say, you know, can you fix the pigmentation on my arms? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, n- not really. Um, you know, just try not to let it get any worse now yeah. uh, by not actively exposing yourself to the sun. It's easy to say you live in, don't you live in Florida?
0: No, I moved. I was not in Florida.
1: I'm in oh, New York right. now. But yeah, like Florida,
0: oh, everyone's right. always outside, like literally every, all day people are just outside in florida so yeah and like
1: i don't live in a climate like that so i mean i do go to dubai every month well i did so i do but even in dubai i don't go outside which i know sounds crazy but um so i don't live in a climate where i'm outside all the time um so it's it's easy for me to say actively avoid the sun because i don't live in this problem yeah Uh, but i guess if you live in somewhere like florida and you want to be outside you know that this is where the, the wide-brimmed hats, the special hats that also cover your ears and your neck, you know, those stupid-looking hats. Oh, wow, I forgot all about those. You had to bring that back. Yeah, no, the the mullet hats.
0: <laughs> oh, those are so <laughs> awkward, but
1: unnecessary, <laughs> guess, you know? But, like, because, like, um, like, my friend Caroline in Dubai, she swims every day outside now as part of her exercise, yes. so she's, like, wearing, like, a mullet hat uh, to cover her back of her neck and everything because it's, like, well, um, you know, that's how y- y- people get um skin cancers in the back of their neck yeah. they get them on their ears you know the, you, you have to well, it's all of... skin, right
0: so it's like everywhere anywhere you have skin yeah you you have the risk yeah so
1: hair is very protective
0: hair is protective well that's okay so yeah. you know i feel like this is for another day but i'm okay so there's a whole hair care thing you know that
1: oh about. yeah hair is a whole new subject yeah and that, so you i never will tell you-
0: i will go down that road with you but like no okay so basically stay out of the sun as much as you know you need to just don't be excessive is what you're saying
1: yeah, yeah. and then if you're gonna wear sunscreen well like i write on instagram all the time like sunscreen is not enough like yeah. you can't just slap on sunscreen and then put your face outside like doesn't sunscreen we know that sunscreen doesn't protect people from 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 photo damage, it's just not good enough. No matter yes, you no should.
0: matter what the SPF, no, none of that matters. No,
1: to, because people don't apply it correctly. So unless you put it on correctly, which is two point five mil, which is half a teaspoon on your whole face, yeah. which is a crap load of sunscreen. That's yeah, you, that's a lot. You're you're generally gonna rub it off, wipe it off. It's just you cannot rely on it. It should be your third. Your third line. So your first line is active avoidance. Your second line is covering up like big hats, sunglasses, da, da, da. And your third line is going to be your SPF 50. Wow. It's because people look at it the other way around. Yeah. So they, It's like skin. It be, if
0: I have the, if I have the, you know, sunscreen on, I'm good. Everything's good. I can be out
1: in the sun, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the opposite. So I'm, I always try to say, no, sunscreen is not enough. And then I get a lot of people saying, yeah, but what do you mean? I shouldn't wear sunscreen. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's not. You're gonna, it shouldn't be your first step. Your first step is, how am I going to avoid this? Right. And how am I going to stay out of the sun? And how am I going to wear my hats? And is it going to look cool with my outfit? Right.
0: right. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm so glad that no, but like, I didn't know that at all. And I think most of us don't because we we're always told that, you know, even as a kid, you always put on sunscreen, you know, but it's like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know yeah. that it's not protective. So I. I mean, is it? Well, I mean, it is protective uh, to a point. Yeah, yeah. To Isn't, a point. I should have. Yeah, I should have worded that better. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was truly something that. Um, you know, it was. It was just more defense, I guess, than I. So. I but not to sound really cynical,
1: but why is it that we think sunscreen's
0: so amazing? I think for me, okay. I think it's because you get that layer on top of your skin. And I think there's some conditioning there with me where it's like, if I've got a layer something on me, then I'm, I'm safe. It's like hide under the blanket mentality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and I think, but I think that the, the, the underlying issue is that the skincare industry makes us believe it is. Yes. Yes. Because sunscreen is a huge market.
0: It's a huge market. <laughs> yeah and and this is a huge market it's a multi-billion dollar market i'd love to see something like yeah. going to you know actual doctors and research you know that'd be great
1: yeah so for me but for me to go around saying sunscreen is your third line that that d- puts a dent into the uh, profit margin of the sunscreen industry because yeah. like oh hold on a second you know um no 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 everyone has to wear sunscreen every day and reapply it every two to three hours forever yeah, that's, you know, that's a, a huge
0: that's a huge amount it's like a full bottle i think like Like you had brought this up when we did our live too. Like, it's a giant amount.
1: (laughs) It's a giant amount. And it's great for a company selling sunscreen. Yeah, you're right. It's that you have to use more of this, buy more of it. And here, it's only $25 a bottle. Wow. But you have to have it because otherwise you'll get old and get skin cancer. You know, there's a lot of the fear mongering with it. And actually, you know, what they should be saying is listen, get your hat, avoid exposure, da da da, and then put the sunscreen on, you know also right but like educating almost in a way like educating but of course that takes away from their bottom line i mean i'm very cynical about this but i i you know business is business
0: yeah yeah but it's important to know this though you know and like it really is because yeah i'm not gonna lie i think all of us are sold on sunscreen that's a it's like a solid sell it's been like that for you know decades now so Yeah, yeah totally it's a solid well yep. thank you so much Natalia for for doing this you're <laughs> amazing and I always have so many questions for you <laughs> thank you um, thank you for having this me. was amazing and so informative but um I'll let, if you have time I would love to have you on again that would be amazing yes yeah. okay awesome I those terms yeah. I know are gonna love you so thank you so much and I will talk to you next time
1: yeah definitely thanks have a great day bye bye Exa.